Welcome to Hang Time, brought to you by Backdoor Coverage. Today is Friday, March 10th. Let's do it. All right, Drew. It's a big day today in the NFL. Uh, pretty wild. Uh, actually, the last two days, up and down. Um, I mean, like here we are in the stretch of the NBA, NHL, and college basketball championship week, and everyone's talking about the NFL. Well, yeah, it's classic NFL taking over um, as usual. So, all right. I think the big theme, wide receivers got paid besides Jeffrey. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was, I mean, I get it that he was coming off, he was coming off the injury, but he played the end of the year um, with whoever they would have, Matt Barkley and Brian Hoyer. Yep. And he still, he still put up pretty good numbers when he had no one else around him. Um I thought he would be able to get a multi-year deal, but I guess, I mean, if going to Philly on a one-year deal, he's still getting paid 14 mil, and he has a chance to prove himself for next year. Uh, it's definitely a good situation. They go from having the worst receivers in the league who couldn't catch anything to Torrey Smith, Jordan Matthews, and Alshon Jeffrey. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, pretty good. I think it's perfect. Oh, the Islanders are losing already. Okay, two to one. Um... I think it's pretty good for the Eagles because um, they get Jeffrey on a one-year deal, um, and he's really going to want to basically try to prove his worth. He should be motivated for a big season. Um, he's going to have a pretty capable quarterback in Wentz. They're expecting him to get a little bit better. Um, Smith, they basically take a flyer on him, see if he's got anything left. Um, he's still probably a good presence on the deep ball. And they still have Jordan Matthews, so they got three. I mean, Matthews can't catch, but they got three. Right. <laughs> they, got they got like they have Matthews and Aguilar, but neither of them can really catch anything. So it's like okay, whatever. But, I mean, but you got Jeff. But now, like having Matthews as like your second or third guy, and Aguilar as yes, the fourth. Yes, exactly. They're a lot deeper. They're a lot deeper, hundred um, percent. So I thought the Eagles had a pretty solid showing so far. Um, they definitely need a running back. We know they need a lot of offensive help. Um, around Wentz. They got their quarterback. They don't have a receiver or a running back, so they did the receiver part. We'll see what they do with tailback. Um, and then the other, I think the other big team that I thought did an okay job was the Niners. Uh, I mean, they didn't do anything amazing so far, so we got Garcon, um, a solid receiver. I thought they overpaid for him a little bit. Um, but not terrible. Um, Brian Hoyer, who I think is a great signing because he can start for you and he can kind of hold down the fort. I'm assuming the Niners are going to draft a quarterback unless they make a move for Kirk Cousins. So, um, Brian Hoyer is a good insurance policy, I think. He played pretty well for the Bears down the stretch. Yeah, um... I mean, they were able last year. I mean, what they won two games, but um, like you know, you could they had some pieces on defense. They still have Carlos Hyde, who can be 
you know, a guy you give the ball to a bunch of times. Garcon obviously overpaid a little bit, but they got still have Curly from last year, and they're able to kind of, while they draft the quarterback, or if they're going to trade for Cousins, then you can still draft the guy, and if the, you know, see if Hoyer works out while you kind of develop uh, your quarterback. So, good start for Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Yeah, um, I think that's a big story. So, Skins fired their GM. Yeah, on, on the first day of free agency, it's like, good idea. and it's always a really good thing to do. Um, so I, I'm like a little, little suspect what they're doing. So they tag, no they're doing. They're ta- they tag cousins, the guy who I mean is basically given this franchise a chance. Made okay. the playoffs once; they're one game away last year. Sure. Okay, not that they're great. You know what I mean, though. Pretty good. He's solid. Okay. So, they let go of his... I mean, besides Jordan Reed, they let go of Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon. So, now he has no receivers. Um, He wants to get traded, and they fired their GM today. So, Skins having the worst offseason? It's it's not even close. (laughs) Well, first, you had the GM go, like, yeah, uh, our GM's not going to go to the combine. Like, uh, okay. And first they said it was because his grandma died a month ago. And then they said he had all these problems. So it seems like there's something going on inside the organization there. So I didn't show up to the combine. Clearly he wasn't involved with any of these decisions. So before free agency started this week, the Skins decided to give Jay Gruden an extension so they can be like, oh, look. Our front office is fine. We just gave our coach an extension. Yeah, no, no it's no, not. No one has any idea what's going on. You just lost two a thousand yard receivers. You have your all pro tight end who maybe will play seven games this year because <laughs> he gets a concussion every play. Hmm. Um, you got your starting running back who you benched in the middle of last year, Matt Jones. So you don't know what's going on with him. You got Rob Kelly, who knows. Your quarterback just requested a trade to Sam Fran. You're like, nope, you're going to stay here and play your eighth year on a franchise tag. <laughs> I mean, by, first, by, first your receiver. by far the worst, <laughs> worst offseason. They, they lost were, the whole team. They were, they were in a good spot. Like, they, like, last, like, Cousins threw for 5,000 yards. Their defense was coming along. They got, they got a bunch of playmakers on the defense. You know, guys were getting younger. You had Cousins is coming into his zone and you know, a top-tier quarterback. You're looking to surround him with all these weapons, and now they're all gone. <laughs> no one's there. Dude, now, Dan Schneider from, is an absolute from, clown. Before last year, before the Cowboys got good with Dak and Zeke, you were looking at the Skins making the leap to top of the NFCs. Now, with the Eagles, moves they're right at the bottom. They're... They are – that division's funny, but the Redskins, Dan Schneider is an actual clown. Were they just sitting here today like – they're just going to sit here today? Well, we're doing all right. I mean, we have Jamison Crowder, quarterback wants out, uh, GM's gone. We're not doing bad. Our two best receivers left. Um, they are the, the, like a complete disaster. And hopefully tomorrow's a better day for Washington. I don't. I don't well, know. It's going to be tough considering they don't have a GM, <laughs> dude. So Dan I don't, Schneider's I don't really know. have to make all the moves. 
Yeah, I don't know who's running around making these decisions, but if they're gonna if they're gonna keep Kirk Cousins around, you might as well get him a receiver. Um, I'm gonna hop to another team quick. I, some in, interesting to say the least. So the Browns, uh, they start the day by signing Kenny Britt, four year. They signed two old linemen. So I like that. They're starting up front. That's what I'm talking about in Cleveland. They're getting they're getting Those smart. The they got Paul D. Batesta over there. He knows what he's doing. He ran the Mets, okay? Yeah, let's go Mets. Okay, he was in Moneyball. Um Oh, JT? Nope. Uh, we're on a penalty kill. Alright, so they signed Kenny Britt, four years, thirty two mil. Um it's an okay. Not the most reliable guy. Yeah, I I don't know if I love it. I would have rather pon- ponied up a little bit for Terrell Pryor. Yeah, that's what like that's what I wrote like I just wrote about all the signings from today and like it seemed like it was like seventeen mil guaranteed for Britt with like he had a decent year with like Keenum and Goff last year, but he's always getting into stuff off the field and he was never really that consistent and in the position they're in, obviously they don't they're not gonna have a great quarterback right now. There's no point of reaching for a receiver like that. They could have. I mean, you got you don't Coleman. Think, wait, hold on, hold on. You said they don't have a great quarterback. Did you see who they got? They that, got the bracket it, shit. That endorses the fact that they <laughs> do not have a great quarterback. So I mean, they're going in with uh, Brock Osweiler's on the roster right now. It might not be for long. We'll see. But uh, I mean, you got Coleman, and you have another young guy in prior you could have signed for probably a similar amount to Quick. I would think can't make that much more. So it wasn't the worst move. It's just I feel like they could have went somewhere else in the position that they're in. Yeah, I think they forced it a little bit with Brett. He's a solid receiver, but I would never really be like, right, I'm really willing to pay you this kind of money. So, Especially when they're not going to win now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'd rather just, you know, kind of see what happens with Corey Coleman um, and see if he can keep Terrell Pryor. Um, so <laughs> this other trade is this. You don't see this too often in the NFL. Marcus. A player going with a second-round pick for a fourth-round pick. So the Texans get rid of Brock Osweiler. The Browns take their money, his money, because they had over $100 million in cap. So they might as well. So they get a second-round pick next year. Um, and basically the Browns don't even plan on keeping um, Brock, from what everyone's saying. They're either going to try to trade him, which I really highly doubt <laughs> anyone's going to call him up for uh, Brock Osweiler, or they're going to just cut him. Well, you're, well so basically two things. Brock Osweiler was so bad that the Texans gave away a second-round pick just to get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> and they're hoping that they can sign Romo. But now, say, Romo decides to play for Denver, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what happens. The Browns, they need a quarterback. The Browns are going to look to trade him, right? And the Texans still need a quarterback. <laughs> so the Texans get Brock Osweiler back <laughs> for their first-round pick. <laughs> I like it. Browns are geniuses. I mean, you basically—I mean, you Browns have plenty of cap space. So basically, you pay, you get another, you get another, you get a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick for a fourth, which is obviously great swap there. Um, now you can either hang on for Brock for a year while you while you're going to pay for him, or you or you cut him, whatever you want to do. Whoever I mean, if they want to go Kessler or RG three, whatever situation is, but. uh 
definitely a good move. They they have like they have eleven picks in the next in each of the next two years. So as long as they don't completely fuck it up, they uh, should have a good future going forward. Yeah, um, I like it. I mean, if they have the money to basically blow on one year of Brock, uh, I guess it's worth a second round pick. I mean, that's they basically bought a second round pick for. Sixteen million dollars. Islanders goal. Two two baby. Bovillier. Nice move. All right. Isles are back. Um. Yeah. So I think it's a good move there. Um. I think it could have been. They they basically so they're cutting RG three. They don't have a quarterback on the roster. That's kind kind of interesting what they're doing over there. They might as well not play with one. I mean, maybe they signed Terrell Pryor as a quarterback. Maybe. Um. So what about your G-men? So they get Marshall yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. Um, I think it's a nice little move. Two years, twelve mil, so they don't go nuts. I mean, he's thirty. I think he's gonna be thirty-four. So obviously, he wasn't in line for a huge deal. He's coming off a tough year injuries, but he gets to go to a good team. Um, he's gonna be the number two, basically. Um, next to OBJ, so he's gonna have some room. He's got Eli. I think it's a pretty solid fit. The only thing, um, basically the only question is probably the locker room it, with Marshall and Beckham. If one of them's not getting the ball enough, hopefully they kind of put their egos aside. I mean, OBJ should get his touches. Uh, Marshall might not see as many targets as he's normally seen in his career. Because yeah, they got uh, Shepard, too, and... Yeah, it was definitely, I mean, it was a great, when I first looked at it, it was obviously a great fit. It was just a question of whether the, their personalities were going to be able to fit together or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, Marshall, I mean, according to all of his social media, I don't know how much you want to read into it, but his avatar and all of his social media is a Lombardi trophy. He says, I want to I want to end my career. I want to be remembered. He's, uh, he's not doing inside the NFL for the next few years. So, um, well, I mean, I mean, normally guys, when they get older, start to smarten up a little bit. They're like, all right, I want to win. Um, but they're, you know, so you hope that that's the case. Um, you know, it's also, I mean, there is also, re- like, Marshall's on his fifth team, his career. Um, so he does tend to, I guess, wear out his welcome. But the Giants are only going to use him for a year or two. Um, I think it's, I, I don't think it's a huge risk I don't know it really depends it could be bad if they're losing but I think they're good enough to even if Marshall's having a bad year or he's hurt I think they'll be okay either way but if Marshall's yeah. on his game they're gonna be that much better yeah like kind of the thing I mean basically Cruz was a non-factor last year so you had Beckham and Shepard Shepard had eight touchdowns and almost 800 yards as a rookie in his first year without without really a secondary threat on the outside and Marshall really doesn't have to. I mean, obviously Odell's gonna, you know, get his touches, and Shepard's gonna be open in the slot. But Marshall can kind of be that guy on third down, move the chains as well as a red zone threat because the Giants really don't have a tight end to go to. So, and there's not going to be a ton of pressure on him, especially with Beckham on the other side. And hopefully Marshall can, you know, kind of. He went through a lot of stuff when he was younger, so hopefully he can teach Beckham that as opposed to them fighting over touches. So. It's definitely, I don't think it's not, it's not a big risk because there wasn't a lot of money involved in the short term, so hopefully it works out. They definitely needed a third receiver, and uh, they just got to work on a running back, and the uh, offense looking pretty good. 
Um, the other, another interesting story. So this Pats pay Stephen Gilmore fourteen million a year to play corner, and now there was some talks about Malcolm Butler um, for Brandon Cooks that was on the table, and then the Saints signed Ted Ginn, which is also a little fishy. So maybe they're getting ready to get rid of Cooks. Um, what are your thoughts about trading Butler for Cooks if that actually did happen? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a move that's coming just to so many people are talking about it, but you don't, really don't see the Pats spend money like that without, like, having a plan. Like, that. you don't see them spend, like, they've spent five years, 65, on Gilmore. Obviously, they played against for a bunch of years, but if they're willing to pay him that much, I got to assume they're not going to want them to pay Butler as well. So, they're definitely, it definitely sounds like they're going to move him, but... They have a ton of receivers, and now they have Gronk and Dwayne Allen. Yeah. So I guess maybe they're going to cut one of the, one of the receivers. I mean, obviously you make room for a guy like Brandon Cooks, but um, it definitely seems like they're going to move Butler either way, considering they have, uh, you know, they have Gilmore locked up for five years now. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. Uh, we'll see what the Saints do with Cook. Uh, interesting, Ted Ginn. I mean. Talk, I think we talked about him last time. He's like a sneaky wide out to pick up if he just catches the bombs, basically. Um, the Like, there was a wide receiver day. So Deshaun Jackson got 36 mil for the Bucks. I like it. I like it. I like him on the team, but they gave Deshaun Jackson 36 mil. He's kind of a knucklehead. That- well, that whole team is not Mike Evans, Sheamus, Winston, and Deshaun Jackson. I mean, they're all they're all pretty good, but they're all they need like a they need like an Anquan Bolden in there to like offset some that would of this. Be a good signing for them. Like I a, think he's a free agent. Like a Bolden or like a uh, I don't know what other vets are out there receiver wise, but they need they need something to offset <laughs> the explosion that could take place on that team. Yeah, and I mean, but when you look at it, like Tampa, Tampa basically had Mike Evans who they were throwing to like every play, and now they got a guy that can stretch the field in Jackson, and then they got Cameron Braid who's pretty good tight end, and they got their white slot receiver in Adam Humphrey, so they're kind of set. Yeah, they definitely loaded on offense. I like the Deshaun. It's kind of it'll he'll you know obviously the defense has to respect his deep ball so. You know, they have to lean towards the side a little bit. If they don't, he's going to burn them um, if they want to just stick on Evans. So I think it's a good move um, for the Bucks. The money's a little scary uh, whenever you're giving a guy like Deshaun, who's kind of a head case, that much money. Um, the Jags went AWOL and just like said, all right, well, we, de- see. we need to uh, play defense next year. And they have a lot of good defensive players. So they pick up Clayus Campbell, A.J. Boy, and Barry Church. They beef up the D-line um, even more, you know, because they already have Malik Jackson and Dante Fowler. Um, they they The secondary now is Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boy, Barry Church. Um, they, oh, man, they're doing it to me again this year, huh? <laughs> the, I guess the only thing is the Blake Bortles, I guess they're rolling with them. I mean, there hasn't been any talk. Really, um, and Tom Coughlin's in there. He's running the show, so he knows what he's doing a little bit. I mean, looking at the roster, like they got they got some players. Like 
Their defense is pretty, like, their offense is awful, and their defense actually kept them in some games last year. And you throw in uh, probably one of the best corners of the free agent class. Calais Campbell's been a reliable player for a bunch of years. And now you got Jalen Ramsey and Barry Church in the back in the defensive backfield. You know, it's really solid. And they got a decent line. And I think it's just a matter of whether they can get, you know, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, all these guys on track with Bortles. Because Chris Ivory can come back, have a bounce back year, him and Yeldon. So it's a matter of if Bortles I mean, can start yeah, throwing to his receivers' hands, not their feet. And we know that division is legit. It depends. It actually, yeah, it really depends if we're almost playing QB for Houston. I would, yeah, immediately put them up there. But again, even if Romo is, we can't really count on him to play, you know, 16 games. So, uh, I think, I don't know, Jags, man, they're stacking up again. I really want to already, like, give them the title. That's fun. (laughs) It is fun. I mean, Tennessee was right there last year, and... Um, you know, the Colts, I still have luck. Um, they're, they were in on Jeffrey. They didn't get him. That would have been something actually. T.Y. and, uh, Alshon with luck. But, uh, I think Jags did a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, you knew Koffel was going to try and come in and do something. I thought they'd try and help a little more with the offense, but I'm not sure they know what they want to do with the, like, if they... Like, if Bortles is the guy, like, if they want to keep going with that and the pass attack, or they're going to try and make it more of a run-heavy kind of, which would probably be a better idea to try and go more run-heavy, but they got Allen Robinson, who's obviously pretty good, so interesting to see how they go in that direction. Um, what do you think about the Bills? Uh, they, they're going to run a lot of uh, two fullback sets this year. Yeah, um, so they're going with the two fullbacks behind <laughs> Shady. That's a good idea. Um, they lost Robert Woods and Marquise Goodwin. So I guess they're just going to go with two fullbacks, Shady and Sammy Watkins on <laughs> every play. They, and they, then they keep they Tyrod, have, and they don't have any receivers now. Yeah, so like they had this whole thing with Tyrod last year where like they didn't play the last game because they said he was hurt, and then they said all these different things. It sounded like they were done with Tyrod, and now they bring him back. And all they got is Sammy Watkins. So, Literally. I'm not really sure where they're going. I mean, they got they got a new coach. That's good. They got rid of Rex Ryan. That's always positive. Uh, they signed Mike Hyde, so their defense should be better. But I, on offense, I, I don't see I don't see where you need two fullbacks in any situation. They signed like some teams. A lot of teams actually don't even carry one now. They'll use yeah, like their third tight end. Let's get faced out. It's really not even a position, and uh, for the Bills to be like, well, we need two of these guys. It's like a little. Well, did you hear? The, did you hear the coach's quote after when someone asked him about it? No. He goes, "The fullback situation is going to be an integral part of our offense." <sighs> like how? I don't understand. I mean, <laughs> and it's not like it's not like they're going to use one of them at running back. They have McCoy. That's it. No clue what's going on. I I don't know. And then uh, the other team, the Bears. We talk about the Bears yet? Mike Lennon. Bears. Mike Lennon is the Bears quarterback. 
three years, 43 mil. Apparently, they outbid um, the next team by about 44 mil per year. So they outbid themselves. Um, good job, Bears. Uh, paying a guy who played, like, four snaps who, like, just completed some passes. And I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be good. Um, they cut Jay Cutler, so he's officially on the market. Um, it's only a matter of time until the Jets pick him up. We've been saying that for, like, two months. Uh, makes It just makes too much sense. Well, actually, the Jets... The last thing I read was they're trying to get Trevor Simeon, which is like, I don't, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, there's a lot of things that depend on where Romo goes. It is. It's all on Romo. Yeah. Um, they, so they're, they're, they might be getting color. They don't have anybody. I'm, I don't know what they're actually doing because they lost a lot of players. They didn't pick anyone up. So they need to fill up the roster, Jets. Um. Wake up, wake up. Yeah, wake up. Um. And then for the Bears, so they get um, they lose Jeffrey, they pick up Glennon, and they sign Marcus Wheaton. Uh, cut, they cut Cutler. So I don't know who Glennon's really gonna be throwing to. I guess uh, White. Cameron Meredith and Kevin White. His, yep. he, I mean Kevin White. You know he's gonna be a big time player. He's only been you know, mm-hmm. in the league for three years now. Um, yeah, give him time. Give him time, give him time. Marcus Wheaton's a nice slot guy, I guess, but I don't really know how good Wheaton is. I mean, I watched him a lot with the Steelers. He's a nice, he was a nice compliment at times to to AB. Uh, he had a, this year, he barely played. He was out for most of the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the going and signing just because, like, majority of quarterbacks in this league, you're gonna have to pay them somewhere between ten and fifteen mil. They're paying them around fifteen. You can still draft a quarterback, and then you can see if he's good for a year or two. If not, you can get rid of him when your rookie is ready to uh, take the reins, assuming you're able to develop him. But uh, they didn't have a lot of options. It was really like Glennon, Hoyer, or stick with Cutler. And obviously, they were going to be done with Cutler. And then if they didn't get if they didn't get Glennon or Hoyer, they were going to have to rush their rookie guy into the starting job, so it's, it's not, they definitely overpaid, but I think it's not the worst move in the world. It's not terrible, but I, I don't know. If they're going to get a rookie, they they probably should have just tried to keep Hoyer instead of... Yeah, unless unless he didn't want to come back, I think Hoyer probably wouldn't have, would have been the better option for them. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know. The Bears are probably not going to be good, but I guess Glennon's a decent guy to... Take a you shot. Got Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. Kevin White. Kevin White. Um, and then I guess it's pretty much. I think we covered most of it. Um, the Cardinals got Antoine Bethea, so their defense gets even better. They lost Clay's Campbell though. Um, Ravens got the biggest one. Danny Woodhead's headed to. Baltimore. I was just gonna say Danny Woodhead goes to the Ravens and T.J. Jefferson as well, um, who's actually another Arizona Cardinal. So. Um, I guess the Ravens, they get, Danny Woodhead's like such a, dude, I, he is such a okay. Joe Flacco running back, it's like unbelievable. It's He's un- gonna be great, you, if you wanna talk about early fantasy guy, that guy is gonna have so many catches. Dude, Flacco loves the cute, Flacco's dumped down city. He's dumped down city, and Danny Woodhead is dumped down city, so it makes sense, and they get TJ Jefferson on safety, they get their defense a little bit better. Um, I, fuck, man, I'm so pissed they got Woodhead. I see it already, dude. I really do. 
Yeah, I mean, and like their offense wasn't great last year, but they had a few guys. Um, and then with Woodhead catching the ball, and their defense, now they have Weddle and Jefferson as their two safeties, pairing with Jimmy Smith and, you know, Suggs and all those guys. They were, I mean, they were pretty close to winning that division last year. Pittsburgh pulled off that win in Week 16, so they should be pretty solid in the game. More than likely. Um, and then I guess the other thing would be the guys that are left um, hot name be like Terrell Pryor, and everyone's kind of just waiting on Romo. Everyone thought Dallas is going to cut him, but then he has some type of market, so there might be a trade. Um, we'll see. I think I think eventually he's going to get cut, just because it's only two teams. Yeah, that's the. I don't understand how. Like, even if there's two teams, why? Why would the two teams give up anything? Unless I mean, the Texans would be the team that would need to trade for him now, being that basically they have no quarterback if they don't get Romo, and at least Denver would have someone like Simeon or Paxton Lynch. Like, Texans are basically screwed if they don't get Romo at this point. Yeah, I think eventually the Cowboys are going to release him. I think they're just trying to get something for him, um, depending on where Romo wants to go. I'm sure he has a preference, but um, if he hits the market... You know, I, the Texans seem like the best fit for me, but if he wants, he can go play for Denver, and you never know. John Elway's not afraid to go after an aging quarterback looking for a Super Bowl title. We've seen it before. Yeah, it worked out. All right, so I think we covered it all. Um, that's all we got for you guys. Um, we'll be all over the uh, NFL free agency the rest of the way. Um, look out for the alarm bells on Twitter, um, and we'll be back next week.